So I always like to start out with a true story. So this morning when I was in the back, there was an argument, so I, I got involved in the argument. Somebody was saying that they don't believe the Bible. They don't believe there was a Garden of Eden and a snake talking. They, they didn't believe in Noah's Ark with all the animals. But they said, I especially don't believe about the story about Jonah who lived three days in the belly of the whale. You know that story? They said, that's impossible. How could that ever happen? So I said, I don't know, but when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. <laughs> so, so she says, well, what if Jonah is in hell? I said, then you ask him. <laughs> anyway, just one of those true stories I like to tell everyone. But I'm going to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. been spending a lot of time in the, at the hospital visiting. There's one nurse there that they call her appendix. They say, appendix? Why do they call her appendix? They said, because the doctors are always taking her out. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm going downhill. I better stop, Eddie, right? That was the thing. Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. And then Psalm 16, verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him, all my, at right, my right hand, I will not be shaken. Those scriptures are God's promises. That you who are part of God's kingdom, if you've got Jesus in you, you've got the Spirit of God living inside then you are part of God's kingdom, and it's a kingdom, it says, that can't be shaken. And God walks with you. And it says he's a devouring fire, a consuming fire, who will move anything out of the way that conflicts with his purposes in your life. So it's all about God's, God's word, his promise, that no matter what you go through, you're on a firm foundation of the kingdom of God. The enemy cannot shake you. Your circumstances cannot shake you. We don't have to be shaken anymore by fear or worry. And see, that's not how I'm personally, naturally inclined, especially growing up Jewish. Part of the Jewish culture is you always think of the worst case scenario. If somebody's 10 minutes late, it means, oh, they just got into a car accident. Oh, this is, this is the end of the world. And I thought that I had gotten better at this. I thought that I had it under control, that I had it all down pat, that I would hear some bad news. 
and, and I might get shaken at first, but I quote that scripture, I will not be shaken. I get into the presence of God and then everything seems to be okay. That was until about six weeks ago. In the last six weeks with my wife, it's been one medical crisis after another. For the second time this year, six weeks ago, I had to call the ambulance because my wife's heart rate had gone under 30. And it took hours for them to be able to stabilize her. And she didn't know where she was. She was totally disoriented. Then she came home. It seemed like everything was back on track again. And a week later, or less than a week later, she fell at home and broke her hip. And I had to call the ambulance again. And she was taken to the hospital. She had to have surgery. They put a, a pin to hold her hip together. And they moved her into a rehab. And the next thing I know, there she is in a wheelchair. She's unable to walk. And if anyone tried to move her foot, like she'd tell me, can you just take off my sock? I just touch it and she starts screaming bloody murder. Then after that, a few days later, again, it seemed, well, I, I can start dealing with this and things seem to be calmer inside, that shaking feeling, until I met with the admissions person from the nursing home who gave me a paper that says that after three weeks, you are personally liable out of pocket for $157 a day. And it's estimated that she would be there for months. After that, I, I called this pastor that I know from upstate. He said, don't worry, I have a lawyer that can help you. So I went to meet with the lawyer. And she started to speak these things. Well, don't forget, after those three months, then you're going to pay $300 a day. And after that, it could be thousands. And you're going to lose your condo. They're going to take your car. You're gonna, they're going to come and take all the money you have. And it looks like your wife's deteriorating. And she might never come home again. You see... You see the message Pastor George spoke last week that there's power in your words? You see, he said there's power when you speak blessing. But there's also a demonic power from hell that's released when you speak negativity. And when she spoke that, I lost sight of that scripture, the presence of God, and I never felt such darkness and fear in my whole life. Even, even as a Christian, as a reverend, a pastor, whatever you want to call me, sitting there, I could say that it seemed like that scripture wouldn't apply to my life because I began to get shaken. When, when, when I was at the nursing home and she told me it would be $157 a day, it's as if I, out of the air it felt like I was punched in the stomach and I actually fell backwards into the chair at the shock of it. 
From that point on, I felt nothing but inner turmoil. I couldn't sleep for more than one or two hours at a time. And when I did fall asleep, I would wake up in shock, wake up shaking. I spent hour after hour going through boxes, searching for the documents that I would need in order to try to get health insurance. And in the middle of all that, I tried to seek God. I tried reading the Bible, and you know what happened? I ended up reading the same verses a hundred times, and I didn't read anything. I listened to the same worship songs. And as I was sitting in the presence of God, my focus was not on the Lord. You say, I'm just going to be honest today. With all I preach about getting into God's presence, we need to get into the glory. I would put on the music and my whole focus kept going back to what that lawyer said. You're going to be devastated. You're going to be left with nothing. Your wife is never going to get better. But if you just pay me $6,000, I can help put everything into order. That, that was the last part of her message. And that's when God brought me to Acts chapter 12. And I received a tremendous amount of ministry from the Lord from this chapter. And that's why when I was asked to share today, I wanted to share from this chapter. Because I believe if it could help me in that situation, that maybe it could help somebody else. So I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 12 verse 1. Reading from the Message Bible. It says, that's when King Herod got it into his head to go after some of the church members. He murdered James, John's brother, when he saw how much it raised his popularity ratings with the Jews. And when it says the Jews, I always like to point it out, it doesn't mean the Jewish people. It's talking about the Jewish leaders of the day. He arrested Peter. All this during Passover week, mind you, and had him thrown in jail, putting four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. He was planning a public lynching after Passover. See, that was the first persecution that started to come against the church. And even today, 2,000 years later, we see persecuting coming against the church. We saw Christians being killed in South Carolina. We, last night I was watching a special on Iraq, and they were showing how ISIS was, was murdering Christians, giving them the opportunity to renounce their faith, and they refused. And even right now, there are 200,000 Christians in Iraq who have no home. Everything they had was taken away, but they're still getting together to worship. And they showed how um, pastors came to this country, and neither the Democrats or the Republicans are willing to lift a finger because it's not politically expedient for them. But they know that it doesn't matter because their hope was never in man. Their hope is in God. So whatever persecution comes, 
There's a God who's your provider. He's your protector. And, and there was Peter. He was arrested, put in jail, surrounded by guards and watchmen because they didn't want to take a chance that he would get away. And the next morning he was facing trial. And it's not like now you go to court and they'll give you community service for, going, for doing something or even put you in jail for a few years. The Romans didn't play around. If you broke the Roman law, you were put to death. And Peter was facing that in the prison. You see, I'm glad about one thing, that throughout church history, the church has been at its best, at its most powerful in times of persecution. It was in the book of Acts when the church was being persecuted that it began to grow. Even in the 1960s here in the, in the South, in America, black churches were being bombed, pastors were being killed, but yet the church was able to totally transform the law and bring civil rights. See, God shines brighter when the enemy thinks that he has an upper hand. Verse 5. It says, all the time that Peter was under heavy guard, guard in the jailhouse, the church prayed most for him, prayed for him most strenuously. You see, there's one thing I found through the last 25 years. You cannot live the Christian life by yourself. Staying home and watching T.D. Jakes on TV it's not going to make it. You, you need people to uphold you. You need people to pray for you. And, and so, many, so many people in the body of Christ, as soon as they feel overwhelmed, isolate themselves. As soon as you do that, as soon as you walk away from the people of God, you're opening a door. Because we, went, we weren't built for that. God created us to survive with each other. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens. And I thank God, because when all this started happening with my wife, I was getting messages from all around the country. People were saying, we're praying for you. We're, we're believing for you. Pastor Melissa came to me and said, don't worry, we're going to come up with something. We're going to strategize. And Pastor George, the speaking encouragement, and Jessica Vasquez, who comes to our church, and she knows a lot about, she works with Medicaid and health insurance, and she said, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to work this out together with you. See, that that's the power in the body of Christ. If Peter just went into that jail by himself and there was nobody praying, I don't know what would have happened. But as soon as the, the body of Christ, as soon as the church heard the news, they gathered together and they prayed and warred day and night against the enemy. See, that's what it takes. The Bible says God will not give you more than you can bear, but that's assuming that you are in connection with the people of God. You can't bear it alone. 
And don't be so proud that you can't share with someone. I'm hurting. I, I, I'm going through something. Don't get rid of that attitude. I don't want nobody up in my business. You're, this is a body. This isn't a meeting that you come to on Sundays. That you have a good time in the Lord and go home. It's supposed to be the family of God. Where you pray for each other. Bear each other up. Encourage each other, the Bible says. Verse 6. Then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. This was the night before Peter was scheduled for death. That night, even though shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby, and there were guards at the door, keeping their eyes on the place. Herod was taking no chances. So there, there was Peter trapped. He was surrounded by guards, surrounded by the enemy. There were walls in front of him like you sang about this morning. Remember the walls you sang are coming down? Well, he was surrounded by those walls. The enemy thought he had Peter. He was scheduled for a trial and he was going to be killed. But in the midst of it, this is what God brought back to me. It says, Peter slept like a baby. See, I slept like a baby too, waking up every two hours crying. <laughs> but God highlighted that to me over and over. How, how can you sleep in, in the midst of, of facing death? The worst possible situation you could be in. And there was Peter laying among those who, who wanted him dead. And he was able to go to sleep. And day and night God kept speaking that to me over and over. Look at the example of Peter. These are not just nice stories for you to read in the Bible. These are examples and models for, for us to follow. And God kept showing me, if Peter was just a man, he's not like on the pictures, you know, with the halo over his head. He, he's just a person like every, any one of us, and he was able to lay down and sleep in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the storm. We find Peter sleeping, resting in the Lord. You see, through the years, and ministering to people, you know what I've told people? Just hold on to Jesus. Hold on with all of your might, whatever you go through. But do you know that there are days and times where you can't find the strength to hold on one more day? Want to be honest? That's good 99.9% .9 of the time. Oh, just shake it off. Okay, I'll shake it off. Now I feel better. But there are things that you can go through, and you could shake all you want. You can try to hold on. 
But what happens when you're too weak emotionally, spiritually? So you know what I did last, this was, I think this was last Sunday before I came to church. I said, I'm going to look this up in the Bible because I want to encourage myself. Where does it say, hold on to Jesus? And I couldn't find it once in the whole word of God. Instead, this is what I found. Psalm 139, verse 9. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. What does that mean? When you don't have the strength to hold on one more moment, God is holding on to you. And that's why Peter was able to sleep in that prison, because he knew. He had encountered the power of God. He knew the love of God. And he was able to just rest in what God had already accomplished. He was resting in God's love and strength and provision. You see, peace is not the absence of trouble. I don't think there's ever been one moment in my whole life that I haven't had some kind of trouble. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to have any trouble. So if any one of you have that illusion, well, I got saved, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I'm having problems, maybe, maybe this God stuff doesn't work. I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, that you will go through stuff. You will have trials. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And because Jesus overcame, because he defeated and stomped on the devil, because he was victorious, we can enter in and rest in his victory and go to sleep right in that prison floor. You see, the enemy's already defeated. The problem is already overcome. You know when it happened at the cross? The cross isn't just so we could show up on Easter and sing songs and Good Friday. At the cross, Jesus didn't only die for you, he died as you. And when he died, everything sinful, everything weak in you died with him. And as he overcame, as he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead with him. That's the symbol of baptism. You have the, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
and the battle is not yours. Isn't that what I just read? That's what that, I've been always saying. We got to fight. We got to get together. I'm learning to rest in God. I'm tired of fighting. Sometimes I can't fight anymore. You know what I do? I get in the presence. I put on the worship music. I don't say a word. And I believe that God is going out to fight my battles. Because it's his problem, not mine. That has, that nursing home bill is not my problem. That's his. The problem in your marriage. The financial issue you're facing. The trouble at work. It's his battle. We got to learn to rest in it, to be at peace. See, it's all about God's presence. Peace is not a situation, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. I, I was listening to a story early last week. It was a true story about it. This was a really true story, though, not like some of the other ones that come up. I don't want to confuse no one. But it's a story about someone who was having heart surgery. And, and it was a Christian, and they invited the, the pastor knew the doctor, so the doctor invited the pastor to observe because he always wanted to. And in order to do the surgery, they had to stop the heart from beating. And when it was time to get it going again, it wouldn't work. And do you know what the doctor told the person? He says, tell your heart to beat again. And as soon, uh, as soon as he said that, the person's heart started to, started to work. See, there's power in your mind, in your decision. And I started to tell my heart, my passion, my faith. I said, start to beat again. King David in the Psalms, he says, I speak to my soul, which is your mind and emotions. And I say, soul, put your trust in God. See, that's your job. Your job isn't to fight the battle. Your job isn't to be super, super tough and strong. Your job is to speak to yourself and say, put your trust in God and make a decision. I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to follow him. If all hell is breaking out around me, my emotions are not going to control me. But the spirit in me, I'm going to command that spirit. I'm going to say, live. I, I refuse to quit. Whatever, I already made that decision, and you better make it right now, that whatever you go through, nothing is going to keep you from the arms of God. Nothing is going to make you walk away from a love like that. Verse 7. Suddenly there was an angel at his side, and light flooding the room. The angel shook Peter and got him up. Hurry, the, the handcuffs fell off his wrist. The angel said, get dressed. 
Put on your shoes. Peter did it. Then grab your coat and let's get out of here. Peter followed him but didn't believe it was really an angel. He thought he was dreaming. Past the first guard and then the second, they came to the iron gate that led into the city. It swung open before them on its own. And they were out on the street, free as a breeze. What happened? God is not intimidated by your circumstances. All of a sudden, an angel showed up from heaven, and an angel is not a body of a, a spirit of a dead person wandering the earth. Some of you better stop watching all those ghost shows. It's not a little baby floating around with wings. Angels are powerful, mighty warriors created to do the work of God. And an angel showed up right there in the prison, broke off the handcuffs, and said, let's get out of here. Defeated all of those guards. But the most amazing thing, you know, the, again, that wall you were singing about today, those hindrances, the things that stand in your way, it opened by itself. That's amazing. That's the power of God, that impossible situation that you're going through. Whatever it is you're facing, I'm believing God is going to send an angel. There's victory ahead. The door is going to open wide. Everything that's been holding you back, it's going to open. Not because we're going to keep pushing. I hear people saying, oh, there's a wall, but I'm going to batter it with my head. I'm going to do whatever it takes. That used to be my mindset. I'm, I'm waiting for the angel to show up. If the angel don't show up this time, I'm in trouble. If the wall doesn't come down, I'm in a bad situation. And you know what? I, I opened up this commentary. And they said, you know, reading about this scripture. And it says, well, maybe God did it for Peter. But that doesn't mean he's going to do it for you. God might not choose to give you the victory. That's what the commentary said. Because he, he started to mention people that they never got their breakthrough. The angel never showed up. You see, I don't look what happened to this one or that one. A hundred people could tell me that... God never showed up in their situation. I don't go anymore by what I see, what I experience, what you experience. I stand on the word of God. And God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for Peter, I'm believing he's going to do it for me. So I'm going to ask Lee to come to sing. But first, I want to pray for you right now. In Jesus' name, in every place where there's a wall in front of you, where you're going through a situation, where you feel trapped by the enemy, where it seems like there's no way out, I, I just call forth angels right now in Jesus' name. 
I command that door, that wall, open up right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, everything that's hindering you. I say it's opening in Jesus' name. I, I just asked Lee just to sing this song. They want to come now into a place of peace. The Bible says, be still. Why? So we can give God a chance to work instead of trying to figure it all out. I don't have an answer. This is one situation, me, I'm personally stuck. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this situation. So I'm choosing to be still before the Lord. And I believe he's going to fight my battle. He's going to move all hell out of the way. I'm believing for victory. Just speak peace in Jesus' name right now. I just speak a, a word of peace over you, a word of peace over your mind. I declare in Jesus' name that the spirit of fear has no place. The spirit of fear no longer reigns. The spirit of fear can no longer determine your outcome or your circumstance, but that the Spirit of God and the Spirit of peace and the fruit of Almighty God is covering you right now in Jesus' name.
give it all Cause you gave it all for me
close your eyes. And if you need the peace of Jesus this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. everyone to stand right now. And, and if you're going through a situation where there's a wall in front of you, if you, if you can be honest today and not pretend like you got it all together like I used to do. And you're in a situation where God's got to show up, where the angels got to come. Just in closing, I'm going to ask you to come down and just stand with us here. breakthrough today. You're in a place that if God doesn't do it, it ain't going to happen. You're, you're the one that I, I want to pray for. So as you come, and, and before I pray, I just going to ask Lee to come back. And she's just going to sing the song of the Lord, whatever God puts in her spirit right now. The song of peace right now. Just give it all. Give it all to Jesus. Every care, every wound, every injustice, every hurt. Jesus says, bring your burdens to him and lay it down. Whatever's weighing down on you today, whatever's causing you not to sleep, as she sings, supernaturally the Spirit of God is going to come and lift that thing off of you.
figurative there are some of you who are in a real dark night of the soul season and so I speak to that season in Jesus name and I declare that the faithfulness of God has not left you but that the faithfulness of God will win over all the darkness and that daybreak is coming daybreak is coming and I come against and bind every lie that is spoken into your ear that's caused you to believe that the sun will never rise the sun will rise in Jesus name the sun will rise in Jesus' name. And for those of you who are literally having trouble at night sleeping, I speak to every part of your body. I speak to every part of your mind. I speak to those thoughts that are tangled and jumbled and knotted up. And I command a release of the spirit over every crevice and every neuron in Jesus' name. Be released from the trouble in your mind. Be released from the trouble in your body and rest. I command your rest to line up in full accordance with the word of God unto the perfect will of God for you. That says, I give my beloved rest. 
The Bible says, I neither sleep nor do I slumber. So if God does not sleep and he does not slumber, that means he's watching guard over your circumstances. And tonight you will rest. And tonight you will sleep. And that sleep will not be broken. In fact, it will be such a deep sleep that you will wake up on your own without an alarm. You'll wake up on your own refreshed and rejoicing. And the first thing that will come from forth from your mouth is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I decree and declare that the end of the matter is here, the breakthrough. We just release angels from heaven right now into every situation. We say the darkness is lifting right now. Just let it go. Don't carry that darkness home with you. Leave it here. Peace is not just an emotion. It's an attitude that there's nothing too big for God to handle. So, Father, we just give it all to you right now. If you're making a choice right now to give it all to Jesus, can you just lift your hand to him right now? You're saying, Jesus, this weight is too heavy for me. I can't handle this marriage, this relationship, this problem at work, these bills. God, it's too heavy. But we handing it off to you right now. Just give it to him. I just see the hand of God. He's ready to take it from you. There's peace for you tonight. You are victorious. You are an overcomer. And I just release the rest and peace of God in every heart right now. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless you.